Okay, we're going to begin this story. The very first Lincolnshire Scout Jamboree. Taken from Mitterum Life Book 3, Ivy House, New Bolingbroke, 1970 to 1984. After moving into Ivy House in 1970, Ruth and I continued our long-standing voluntary work with the first Boston Sea Scouts until it became more and more apparent that the distance to travel was not practical. The first Boston unit was where we had both met in 1956. I was a young scout and Ruth was a girl guide cub instructor attached to the first Boston cub pack. We finally made our break with the Sea Scouts and duly retired from scouts for a while. Then a few months later, quite by chance, we heard that a group of cubs based at New York, just outside Coningsby, needed a new leader. This was again several miles for us to travel and the meetings were in a village hall that had many restrictions and several other regular users. Added to this was the connection to Coningsby and thereby the Lincoln Scout District. It all seemed a bit of a muddle to us who had been used to working in the Boston Scout District for over 20 years and where we knew everyone. To be a leader in the Scouts, one needed a leadership warrant. This was granted by the local district commissioner. And for us both to apply for new warrants for this new unit, it would be far easier to be connected with the Boston district. Sixth Boston. Ruth and I discussed all this with the Cub Unit Parents Committee. Our proposal was to move the whole unit to Carrington, the next village to our own and a little nearer to Boston. It was also not too far from the homes of many of the young boys attending this particular cub unit. Ruth and I both felt that at Carrington we would have a much improved catchment area to attract a greater number of boys to the unit. Carrington Village Hall was connected to the estate owned by the Ward family and Mrs Ward Senior was the chairman of our parochial church council and our local primary school governors both committees on which I also served. We had an agreement that the Cubs would be able to use the hall every week. After much huffing and puffing, we managed to persuade the parents that the move would be a good thing. In fact, it was very successful. We soon found two new parent assistant leaders and quite quickly a scout unit was started as well. Ruth and I obtained new warrants and in 1971 the 6th Boston Scout and Cub Unit was duly formed. I might add that when I last checked in 2010 the unit was still flourishing. This is 2020 and I think it still is. All this coincided with my working hard to establish ECYB transport and I was dashing about the county collecting and delivering always trying to get home to meet the school bus and little Helen by 4pm. By now, Ruth was working at the Spilsby Grace Swan Hospital as sister in charge, so her working hours were strictly regimented. I was also the more flexible. I was often late and frequently needed to telephone from some out-of-the-way phone box to ask our kindly neighbour, Mrs Buckbury, to meet Helen off the bus, please, once again. Another committee. 
It's frequently said that if you want anything doing, ask a busy person. And so I was asked by Sid Burgess, our ex-Boston Scout District Commissioner, to help him organise the very first Scout Jamboree in Lincolnshire. We'd enjoyed a close working relationship previously in Boston when I had held the posts of Scout Leader and latterly Group Scout Leader at the Sea Scouts. Additionally, all his meetings seemed to be in the north of the county and he had to pass my door at New Bolingbroke. I enjoyed this interlude immensely. Jamborees were events which involved inviting Scouts from throughout the entire world. We were breaking totally new ground and the opportunities seemed huge. My role. My role, having the past experience of newspapers, was liaison and communication and at the time of the actual event, my task was to ensure that every visitor knew what was happening, where and when. Working with Sid was breathtaking. He was the most magnificent organiser and had been a very successful producer and director of many very large local amateur shows and scout gang shows. At this time, Sid had only just changed his job. After countless years as financial controller at the local Ford Motor Company dealership, he'd plunged into the world of farming, meat exporting and shipping with a large and rapidly growing local Dutch-owned company. His life had taken a huge change for the better. The time of the Jamboree quickly came around. It was to take place at the permanent site of the Lincolnshire Agricultural Show just outside Lincoln. The site was huge and had the advantage of several large permanent buildings which could be used for administration, meetings and bad weather functions. The organising staff was large and my liaison job involved constant journeying around the site to ensure everyone was in touch. This would be 1973-74 and I had only just completed a similar voluntary job for the very first Lincoln Water Festival. Of course our six Boston Scouts were going to attend and would be camping within the Boston District community area. Preparing for the event with regard to our own scouts involved particular responsibilities as having no assistant leader they would be very much left to their own devices. This is in fact the very principle of scouting. The patrol leaders are given the responsibility for making their own decisions within limitations. From the very start of the 6th Boston unit being very raw and lacking extra adult help, I developed this patrol leader responsibility. The 6th Boston Parents Committee were enlisted to help provide camping equipment. Fortunately, a few of the boys had farmer parents who were prepared to help financially. We purchased patrol tents and borrowed a tent for Helen and myself. As I mentioned, Ruth was heavily involved in the Spilsby hospitals and worked weekends. The actual jamboree. Cooking fires had been banned by the Lincolnshire Agricultural Society quite sensibly really as the sight of several thousand scouts and hundreds of individual cooking fires spread over their fine site could lead to complications and not the least spoil a lot of their permanent grassland. 
I'd seen just this happen at Gilwell Park, the International Scout Centre in Chingford, East London, in 1960, when attending the very first National Scout cooking competition with my senior scout patrol from the Boston Sea Scouts. It was a nightmare to organise without previous regional knockout rounds, and the powers that be never repeated it. Back at the 6th Boston unit, our parents' committee also purchased new cooking gear, among which were two brand new cooking stoves, one for each of the patrols due to attend. I'd spent a long time looking at the options for camp cooking stoves and found a brand new stove produced by the world-leading Optimus company. It was totally revolutionary, being run on petrol instead of the more normal paraffin. Its heat output was more than double the older paraffin stoves and supremely efficient. I spent hours training the boys how to use these stoves, which I was confident would serve them well. It was time well spent, as arriving on the site on the Thursday evening for the three-day event, we found ourselves right next door to the 5th Boston unit, whose group scout leader was also the current Boston District Commissioner. Unfortunately, he and I did not enjoy the best of relations, and agreed to disagree on many points. Immediately on seeing the new cooking stoves, he was aghast and expressed strong disapproval. Mind you, he had never before seen these magnificent, ultra-modern, petrol-powered cooking stoves in action. As soon as, as, soon as he really realised that I should be leaving the boys on their own for long periods, he was apoplectic. I had supreme confidence in my two patrols. They were well-trained and responsible. I trained them to sufficient standards to be prepared to leave daughter Helen, who was six years old and had her own scout uniform, in their tender care. By the end of the event, my confidence was duly rewarded. My two patrols ate well and faster than the 5th Boston unit next door. They kept their sight immaculate and their behaviour was exemplary. They were a true credit and I was delighted when the 5th Boston group leader and our district commissioner had to eat his words. The Jambri was a success too, although much of a blur to me. They had even held other similars, similar events in the county in the years that followed. There we are, that's the end of that short story. Brought to you by Cracker Books, written and read by Keith Sanders. There are over... A hundred other free audio stories to listen to on this Buzzsprout site. Also, follow Cracker Books on their Facebook page for details of your free ebook downloads. You can read any of Cracker Books products as page turning ebooks, quite easy to download on any device you choose that will connect to the internet. Also, there are over 50 free videos to watch on the short story man Keith Sanders on YouTube, including many exclusive heavy horse videos. Thank you for listening.